and welcome to the next installment of my bloody horrorcast. Hey, we're back. We're back. So uh, this is, I guess, our kind of catch-up episode. Is that right, stuff? Yeah. Um, we we have a bunch of like kind of more themed episodes we want to talk about in the future, but. Life has just come at us again. Yes, it has. <laughs> and we're like, let's just catch up on all the things we've been watching, because it's been a little bit. I think that's a good idea. Yeah, so, because, you know, last time we were here, of course, we were talking about all our 2017 stuff, catching up on that with our horror Oscars and all that. So, yeah, now it's a good time to... And I actually went kind of backwards. I went back and watched a lot of really old stuff over the past uh, few weeks. Well, so. I am envious of you, Carrie. I've mostly been watching reality TV. Not a lot of horror, but... I have gotten a few things in there. A couple from our anticipated 2018 list, though I've got to say it's looking a little grim. Ooh, okay. Yeah, it's, um, and I haven't seen the ones you're talking about. We've discussed those a little bit, um, but it is looking grim so far. <laughs> I'm hoping that, you know, midway through the year, the, the late spring and summer is going to save the horror year for us, so. Yeah, and I, I've got to say I'm also the sort of person where even the most disappointing horror movie I watch, I probably still had a good time watching it. So Right. Which is, you know, there is something to that. We do want to be entertained mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Um, but yeah, no, so, uh, so yeah, I went back. I did watch one American horror film, and then everything else I think I've watched um, in the past couple weeks has all been international stuff. So cool. that's kind of my deal. Well, do you want to kick it off? Sure. Um, well, so... We're going to be doing some, uh, we're actually going to be doing a lot of international episodes coming up. So a couple of these I'm not going to talk too much about because they could cross over to some of the other things we're going to be doing, but I did want to mention them. Mm-hmm. Okay. So my first, I finally saw, everyone's been talking about it for years, is uh, Park Chan-wook's Thirst. <gasps> oh my God. <laughs> I finally saw it. It is... As expected, I think we talked about this last year, we, we mentioned this very briefly because, of course, Handmaiden's Tale is not a horror film, but it was one of my favorite films of 2016. The Handmaiden? The Handmaiden, excuse me, yes. The mm-hmm. Handmaiden. Agreed. So, I want to work backwards a little bit, and I realize that Thirst was a notable miss in uh, Park Chan-wook's canon for me. I so. need to rewatch Thirst, which I plan on doing. But it has so many things that, it, on the surface, it doesn't seem like I'd be super into. I was just, like, getting into Korean cinema. I wasn't familiar with very much. And, okay. I mean, Park Chan-wook, how can you not love him if you love movies? Oh, my God, yeah. I mean, he's a student of film, you know? But just the religious angle and everything from Thirst, that didn't necessarily appeal to me, but I think it's done really well. It is. You know, I mean, it deals with all those, uh, deals with a lot of taboos as well as, yeah, mm-hmm. there's always family and religion. You're, you're going to have those yes. inevitably. Um, I, I've noticed in Korean cinema, those are two kind of trademarks. Um, Did you like it? I thought it was amazing. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful, beautiful film. The character arcs are really interesting. The characters change and adjust and kind of kicking and screaming. There's a lot of sex, lots of blood. It's mm-hmm. viscerally, it's just, it's very rich. Um, wonder, so many wonderful scenes in, in sort of these whited out um, hospital rooms yeah. and just the, the, the contrast of this rich red blood it, it was done very well yeah it's just it's just one of those films you just can't help but caught, get caught up in which is what happens I think in, in all of Park Chan-wook's work um, oh yeah they all have incredible use of color oh my sure. gosh Song Kang Ho, I noticed, is someone who's who's uh, I, I know he's a very well known actor, yeah. Korean actor, and he's done a lot of work with Park Chan Wook. He's great 
Kim Ogbin. <clears throat> so those are the two kind of uh, protagonists is a str- is a strange word for this mm. film. They're they're both antiheroes in a w- really, but the two of them, their chemistry is like electrifying. I mean, it's it's powerful. Um, so yeah, I, I don't want to go into it too much again because I'm sure this will come up later. But um, what a wow, what a what a great film! So what cinema is about. I'm so excited that you watched it. We'll talk more about it later. We will. Yep. Um, what you got? Okay. Well, I would like to take the taste level down a few notches. All right. Let's do it. I went out of my way to see Insidious, The Last Key. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I caught it on one of its last weeks in Athens, and mm-hmm. I barely remember Insidious two. And I did not even know there was an Insidious 3 until I saw the trailer for 4, <laughs> which I watched multiple times because I just thought that was amazing. You just see these like key fingers coming out of the coat sleeve. Oh, the trailer's fantastic. Sticking that key in the girl's screaming throat and turning her sound off. And I'm just like, what? Key oh, fingers? I'm in. Too cool. So I, uh, I don't think this movie's good, but I saw it with a friend <laughs> And I had a lot of fun. I jumped at all the jump scares. I think it's super cool that Lin Shay is a horror star when she's in her 70s. Yep, she's a total badass. I did mention this to you. It's hard for me to see her and not think of Kingpin, but I'm glad that she is doing these insidious movies. <laughs> um, there are scenes in Kingpin that will be forever burned into my brain that I just can't get out of there yes. every time I see her. <laughs> I yeah. the same you know. scene. <laughs> yes. Um, the only thing that kind of bugged me about this movie were her dumb sidekicks. These dudes are creeps. And I was like, stay away from Elise's young nieces. But um, <laughs> other than that, it's a haunted house movie. It's a ghost movie. It's a demon movie. They're rolling a lot of things in there. I think Key Fingers is a very creative demon. And I'm only sorry they didn't take it further. Like, I wish his head was a big old lockbox with a bunch of broken key teeth. Ooh. But, I mean, I guess they had to give him normal demon face. So. I guess so. Creativity may have, it could have been higher up, yeah. <laughs> Well, once you get to part four of any series, you're starting to kind of, you're grasping at straws a little bit, normally. It's cool, too, because I feel like Elise is still a really, a really well-done character, and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm glad that she exists, that character. Well, I will have to see that. <laughs> I mm-hmm. want you to. Yeah, I know. I recommend it. I mean, I'm going to, I have to say, I haven't seen the first three, obviously got to see it. I did see one relatively new one, it's from last year, and... It's one of those, you know it's going to be just one big MacGuffin. Um, you've seen the you've seen it a million times before. It's Wish Upon. <gasps> I forgot to put that on my list, but I also watched Wish Upon. And, okay, I can imagine, you know, in, in the, the writers or, you know, the producers and the writers are sitting around, the, the writers are pitching it. It's, uh, you know, Final Destination meets... Every, like every bad American adaptation of any Asian horror film, all wrapped up into one. Oh, totally! It's like uh, it's the story of the monkey's paw. Essentially, it's the monkey's paw with um, a little PG thirteen Hellraiser puzzle box. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, there's a, there's some Hellraiser in there. Um, lots of Final Destination. Oh, totally. The rest of the movie not as fun as the Final Destination no, series, which pa- I love. The pacing is meh. The acting's not it, most. I mean, I don't like to slag on movies for the most part. I really try to stay away from that, but this one, I just I, I couldn't find a whole lot to like in it. There's a <laughs> lot to pick on in Wish Upon, but I had such a good time watching it. Her wishes are absurd. They're totally absurd. And somehow she just never quite gets it, what's going on, until the very end. 
or maybe she does, and she's but but her character it becomes so grating after a while. I'm like, she has I wanted sh- to like her. I wanted to like her. I really did. <laughs> she has shed more tears and felt more strife at the embarrassment of her dad dumpster diving and being uncool than she does over the actual death of people throughout the movie. Yes, yes, it's like the worst example of like teenage idiocy it's i uh, just yeah it's it was hard for me to deal with most of that but i what <laughs> and I, you know me i like i love like oh yeah even go back to happy death day you know which is uh a, happy a death teen, day's good it's good it's still a teen comedy maybe in college but it's still the teenage crowd but it's done well mm-hmm. and the characters are compelling and this didn't really have any of that <laughs> carrie what i wouldn't give though to be a fly on the wall while they're filming the scene where she wishes that her father would be cool and they decide to portray his, like, coolness by making him, like, a cool saxophone player. And I almost couldn't deal music. with that scene when she walks downstairs into the big living room and he's there with his buddies, like, jamming. I was like, <laughs> is this is this a comedy now? Because <laughs> it felt like a comedy right in that moment. I was like, this can't they can't be actually expecting us to take this seriously. Or that any teen would think that was the epitome of cool. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> it would have been more apropos, I guess, in this day and age to have him, like, as a DJ, you know, spinning some some trap beats or something like that at a club <laughs> or, you know, waiting for the drop. I don't know. That would have been... I, I just don't even know who wrote this, who decided that was cool. Yeah. Um, wish Upon. Yeah. And then the end credits. Did you watch the end credit sequence, which was stylized in a way that felt totally out of place with the movie? No, the, the end credit sequence is the best part about the film. It looked really good. It was really cool. Yeah, no. The end credit sequence and actually the box itself is is pretty badass. The box is really neat. It's a neat device that they created. Oh, the box has an incredible design. Yeah, yeah. And the those those aspects bad. were better than everything else in the film, really. <laughs> I wish. I mean, when you see Cheryl and Fenn in anything, I'm like, please give her something awesome. And this was not that. Nothing. She got <laughs> nothing in this. Ryan Phillippe playing the saxophone again in the living room. I just, I, uh, you know. Somehow that suited him. I don't know. But it was... (laughs) It was... uh, I like Wish Upon more than Carrie. (laughs) Right. Yeah. There we go. That's fair. That's fair. I give it a thumbs up and I recommend it to anyone who's just at home. They just need something like this. (laughs) That's... You know, hey, I did watch it when I was not feeling great. Mm -hmm. And I'll admit it's probably even better than I would actually think it was if I was... If I was feeling like good. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, it, 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 it gave me some laughs. Yeah. Laughs are good, you know. That's not what they intended, but still did. There were some ideas there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, another new one I watched was The Cloverfield Paradox. I'm halfway through it. Okay, well, I'm not going to ruin anything. No. Uh, let me just it's say... It's mostly been ruined for me, but that's fine. Let <laughs> me say the good things first. So I think... The decision to drop that trailer during the Super Bowl and release it that night on Netflix was brilliant marketing. Oh, absolutely. That was so smart. And Mm -hmm. I was totally psyched. The cast is stellar. I'm going to mispronounce her name, but Gugu Mbatha-Ra. Yep. Chris O'Dowd. David Ayoloa. Ayoloa, yep. He's fantastic. Daniel Bruhl, Zhang Ziyi. So it has this incredible cast. There are a few body horror elements that I was really into. There's a woman in a wall. There's a severed arm that writes out clues. Basically, there was a lot of promising weirdness, but the script and characters are weak, and the prequel tie-in to the Cloverfield franchise, I thought that was pretty lame. And the whole thing just felt like a missed opportunity to me. Like, everything they were going for, like the Cloverfield part, that didn't really work for me. 
Um, the, the story itself didn't really work for me. We said in our preview episode that we were both looking forward to this one, and we love space horror. We've got a low bar for it. We just want to see yep. any level of ambition put on the screen. And even going in with low expectations, this was pretty disappointing. <laughs> I'm not as far as you are, but I can already tell. Because that's the problem. You know, I stopped it about, actually, I'm not quite halfway through. I'm about minute 30 in. Oh, okay. And at minute 30, you still have hope. That's the hope, true. Hope still exists. You, you know, the the setup, they've almost kind of gotten through the, the first part of the setup and you kind of feel like things are sort of about to start moving forward. The story's about to kind of take off. But unfortunately, I know what I know in general how disappointed everyone's been and I'm, I'm just waiting for the other shoe to drop at this point. Usually that doesn't deter me. I've watched a lot of things with like a low critical response and sure. I've, I've still been into it, but... This, there were just so many things where I'm like, God damn it, couldn't you have just put a little more effort into this? Or like, couldn't have you just given these characters a little something more? Just anything. And it's just really frustrating. Also being set in space and how little they sort of used that in the movie. Just a lot of things were um, frustrating. I definitely expected more. And I think it's hard because we're coming off of 10 Cloverfield Lane. So by throwing it into this franchise, you're just like... I expect it to be at least half as good as that. Right. In space horror in the recent years hasn't done as well either. Um, I think that's why it's hard to get it, get films like that made. Um, I'm going to finish watching it in our next episode um, when we always do our uh, kind of stuff we've seen. Yeah. You know, our, our little condensed segments of that. I will um, have finished it by then. Well, maybe it's been trashed so much that you'll be able to see like I might love it. My, my favorite film things. of the year. <laughs> I would. I will bet you a million dollars it will not be your favorite film of the year. Actually, I'm not going to take that back because I agree. <laughs> um, let's see here. Okay, so, you know, I kind of went back and I was going um, kind of on an Italian kick in the last few days. So, um, I had a, a back injury last week and that allowed me a lot of time. To work on um, watching movies and doing uh, very little. Um, Silver so, lining. Right, it's the only good thing about because I'm I'm kind of an on the go person, so you know it's I hate I hate sitting down. But I did get a chance to watch, um, and this is originally I was going to watch sort of a twisted um, movie for our Valentine's Day episode that didn't happen. That's fine. We were both got really busy. But Beyond the Darkness, which is uh, Joe D'Amato. Oh. It is 1979. I think it's just a year before he did Anthropophagus, which is. Another one of his uh, notorious films. I haven't seen either of those movies. Really? Okay, oh. these are like classic gore. I mean, these are... Beyond the Darkness and Anthropophagus are probably reasons, huge reasons why Video Nasties um, exist at that time. Because, I mean, both these films... Beyond the Darkness is crazy. It's a total sleaze fest, as Joe D'Amato is known to do. I mean, this guy directed not only horror films, he did some porno films, he did like... You know, skin flicks like Cinemax type skin flicks, you know, yeah. stuff like that. So this guy's always into you know just real sleazy stuff. It's pretty awesome. Um, so this movie features, uh, I, I mean, it's really out of control. Finger chopping, acid baths, necrophilia, breast suckling. I mean, it is really a crazy film. There's really no, there's really nothing that go <laughs> you can't do with this. Necrophilia, film. say no more, Carrie. I'm in. I'm gonna watch this. <laughs> so, so the basic premise is a wealthy orphan's girlfriend dies due to a voodoo f- curse inflicted on her by his housekeeper, who is actually in love with him, or with our wealthy orphan. This is this grown man, but 
she still sort of treats him as he's sort of like a baby um, in some really weird, uncomfortable scenes. And um, he decides that love is forever. And so if love is forever, well, death can't stop love. So he steals her corpse and um, decides he's going to do whatever he can to keep her body relatively fresh. So that entails, like, you know, adding body parts to it, taking things away, cleaning it out, all sorts of stuff like that. There's some crazy stuff that goes on in this movie. Everything you just said makes me want to see this movie. You got to see it. Beyond the Darkness, um, Joe D'Amato. And while you're at that, you should do a double feature of Anthropophagus, which has um, one of the better gross-out scenes. So one of the classic gross-out scenes of all time at the finale. Yeah. I'm doing it. So that was, uh, so <laughs> the voodoo curse part is never explained, really never touched on the rest of the film. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things like that that just don't really make sense. You just kind of go with it and kind of see where it ha- what happens. <laughs> and that's Joe D'Amato, so um, Beyond the Darkness, yep. Sounds good. Um, man, I totally have to see that. Uh, well, um, a movie I'd always wanted to see in Athens, but it didn't come here, was The Lure. So mm. I bought the motherfucking Criterion Blu-ray, mm-hmm. and I watched yes, it a flicker with friends and strangers. And it is totally my type of movie. Um, I thought it would be. It's a loose adaptation of Hans Christian Andersen's The Little Mermaid fairy tale, but it's a musical, a Polish musical, directed and starring women. Um, and the mermaids are these, like, they're not, like, beautiful mermaids. Like, they're beautiful women playing these roles, but the fish half of them is slug-like and brown, and they have these, like, sharp teeth to tear into the flesh of man. And they're performing in this 80s Polish nightclub as entertainers. And usually I don't love musicals, but I loved this. And the styling, their names are gold and silver. I'm always rooting for creatures over humans. Just like I'm always rooting for nature over humans. I'm basically all in for the destruction of humans. So if you know the story of The Little Mermaid, it's actually pretty tragic. And so even kind of knowing what's going to happen, I'm like, oh, God damn it. I hate men. (laughs) (laughs) um, Pretty awful. (laughs) But I loved this movie. It's great. I think everyone should watch it. And, you know, it's it's maybe not exactly a horror movie, but I think it has enough elements and we've discussed other things similarly. Sure. I think think, uh, that makes sense. If it has a horror element, it's relevant. I think it totally makes sense. Yeah, I've still got to see that, so very soon. Um... Okay, let's see here. I also watched, it was sitting on queues in one of my movie services for a while, uh, Your Vice is Locked Door and Only I Have the Key. It's a 1972, it's Giallo, but it's an adaptation of um, of The Black Cat. Mm. So it's kind of interesting. It has a lot of the um, sort of the hallmarks of Sergio Martino, who's the, the director of not only that, but also of Torso. Torso, okay. Which I also rewatched because I was just went on a Sergio Martino kick. Um, I have seen Torso, but I've not seen this. Yeah, and Torso, I think, you know, we can go back. We can talk. It's probably relevant enough to talk about in our Giallo episode later on in the year. However, I think Torso is one of the most interesting Giallos because I think it's as much of a slasher as it is a Giallo, especially the last 30 minutes have the tension of a slasher film. And I actually think the last 30 minutes of Torso are... are are one of my favorites, uh, one of my favorite like finales of, of any horror film. Um, but 
So your vice is locked door, only I have the key. Uh, you've got, again, Black Cat retelling. It's It's got all the trademarks of Sergio Martino films. Uh, naked hippie dancing. Um, <laughs> cruelly violent men, both emotionally and physically. Mm. Uh, unsatisfied women who realize they're bi-curious and go to explore and have fun. Uh, and boobs. So that's that's Sergio Martino's uh, hallmarks. And But it's all his films uh, are, are really well shot. They're beautiful, beautifully done. Um, I'm going to probably uh, destroy her name here, but Edwiga Finet um, is an actress. So you've got a married couple, evil, evil, uh, just alcoholic bastard writer <laughs> who is horrible to his wife and to all his mistresses. He's just a total ass to everybody. How many women are in this guy's life? Uh, multiple. Yeah, he's got, <laughs> yeah, it, they just keep coming up. He just has the, uh, I guess he, he's just, you know, got the pheromones, I suppose. Um People start dying, so his some of his mistresses start dying, and he's being framed. It seems like the the murders are trying to frame him, and so he's trying to figure out what's going on, and uh, it's he and his wife sort of trying to figure out what's happening. Um, then midway through, this actress uh, Edwin Fennec again appears. She is the wife's uh, younger sister, and she is just like a force of nature, absolutely gorgeous, and she just has this on-screen presence that you're just completely attracted to. Um, she kind of takes over the film in the last uh, last two-thirds of it. and um, But yeah, really well done, uh, suspenseful, it's a good mystery. Um, it's it's a it's it's an interesting little film, and I don't know how well known it is in the in you know the the Giallo world, but I think it's great, so I highly recommend it. Yeah, well, I've got to check it out. Yeah, I mean, I am someone who says I love Giallo movies, but there's so many I haven't seen, like mm -hmm. so many. <laughs> there's a lot. Yeah. I mean, I just kind of touched the surface again this week. Went back and watched a few. I also watched uh, Delirium, which is late uh, Mario Bava, mm -hmm. like nineteen eighty seven. I haven't seen that either, but I've heard of it, at least. It's relatively pedestrian. It's definitely not something you're going to remember Baba for. you got to go back to, you know, probably stuff like um, Black Sabbath and, you know, uh, Blood and Roses, things like that. But um, this is... You get, it's a, a former hooker has now runs a men's magazine. So there's pictures of herself naked, I feel like, all over the, <laughs> <laughs> the wall. It's really strange. Um yeah, I mean, lots of boobs and killing. Uh, again, not particularly entertaining or, or, or exciting, but, you know, it's still it's still Baba. Um, so, yeah. Carrie, I'm so impressed with the things you've been watching lately. I feel like I really need to catch up and, like, watch cool older things. Well, there was a period of time where you had watched everything. I had watched nothing. So, you know, the pendulum has swung back <laughs> really this way. <laughs> well, the last thing... Um, we don't really talk about TV too much, but I did watch the first two seasons of Ash vs. Evil Dead. I did want to talk about that, yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, and Dean and I had watched the first episode when it like premiered on Stars, and I remember thinking, like, oh man, this is good. This is like totally solid. But I guess a part of me was resistant to the idea that a reboot could be like that rad. I don't know why. Like, I love the Evil Dead movies. I love Army of Darkness, Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell, perfect team. Mm -hmm. um, but something about I don't know, just reboots, and there was that Evil Dead remake that came out a few years ago, which I do not think was bad, but I don't think was great. Really? Oh, I thought it was great. Really? Yeah, oh, okay. loved it. That's um, alright. Well, I like the director, and I loved um, mm -hmm. Don't Breathe, yeah. but anyway, I, I didn't love that remake, and um, this show, though, I don't know why it took me so long to watch it. It's fucking awesome. It's awesome. I had so much fun. I feel like 
the world they created is so fleshed out. It's so good. And the teaming up of just like Ash, Pablo, Kelly, Lucy Lawless's Ruby. Um, it's great. And I just couldn't have predicted like all the weird things they'd throw in. Like they easily could have made this like a cheap, like a bunch of Ash one-liners. And Here's, here's my thing about reboots and remakes. When you have... You know, strong involvement from the original creator most of the time. Mm -hmm. I think that is a really good sign. Not all the time. Star Wars number one, two, three. Um, but <laughs> most of the time, when the original creator is involved, it's really it's a good thing. So again, Sam Raimi. If every episode feels like Sam Raimi could be directing it. Totally. And that's why I think it works so well. He only directed the first episode, and then he's had other directors mm -hmm. you know, throughout the rest of the series. I've only finished season one. I still have to do season two. But um, it always feels like Raimi's original Evil Deads. And so I think yeah. that's why it works so well is because they really captured that spirit, and they just found a great way to, to make it, to serialize it. Yeah. And Because originally they were talking about doing a new Evil Dead, but it was going to be like, he was going to do a long, kind of sprawling, two, two-and-a-half-hour epic Evil Dead film. And then they realized, why don't we just make it into a TV show, which I think is a great idea. Yeah, definitely the right decision to make it a show, mm -hmm. like with episodes and like long story arcs. And also, I think this was the right time to do it. Yeah. Like, it's weird that all this time has passed, but it works so well. I'm sure there, I'm sure this show has captured a whole other generation of kids who had heard of Evil Dead and Evil Dead 1, mm -hmm. you know, 1, 2 and Army Darkness. But maybe hadn't really explored them, and maybe this will allow them to kind of go back if they like the show and experience the originals. And TV and like premium channels have so much freedom now. Yeah. So like all the blood and humor. It's as that gory as you will see on TV. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. No, it's great. Uh, really great characters. I really enjoy. I think Pablo and Kelly are great sidekicks to to Ash. Um, I think the the you know the uh, peripheral characters are all all really fun. Um, everyone in the show just met, appears to be having a blast. And the recurring jokes. I mean, Jacksonville is like a fantasy place. <laughs> I know. I love it. I love it. It's so good. <laughs> There's this ayahuasca sequence that's like totally like psychedelic and incredible. There's an evil puppet scene. I just, I'm just totally blown away by like how good this is, and I'm like it's really, so, really excited. Yeah, it's so creative and fun. It's they've done a really good job. Yeah, the the killer baby, and all that, <laughs> or the killer kid. I mean, oh yeah, it's. I can't wait. I, I'm sure season three is in the works. Like I said, I've got to watch season two. I imagine there's not much of a drop off if you haven't mentioned that yet. It's I'm, still great. Yeah. See, so I'm very excited. I mean, Maybe the very last episode was like the mildest of letdowns, but I'm so on board with it at this point. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Um, let's see here. Yeah, really the only other thing I think I mentioned was I rewatched Torso um, as I was going through some of the Sergio Martino stuff and um, just reminded myself how much um, I like that film. Uh, but other than that, I'm really getting excited about some, some more international stuff because I know coming up we've got... Uh, uh, Korean horror. We've got mm -hmm. K horror. I know we'll do J horror at some point. Yeah. Um, we've got our Italian, and I guess there are some some great Spanish uh, giallos too. So so yeah, very excited about the next couple. Of We're months. playing around with other holiday horror things. We're trying to figure out if we could do like anything connected to St. Patrick's Day, which maybe we won't do. I don't know. We're gonna yeah. We're gonna have to work on that. I haven't found a whole lot yet. Um, <laughs> Aside from doing a leprechaun marathon, which we always could do. Which I will always do. <laughs> We've talked about doing a Puppet Master slash Full Moon episodes. I so. do like that. We need to do that. Mm -hmm. 
Klon really inspired. I mean, I know you're a huge Puppet Master fan, and I, I do like the Puppet Master films, but his little post on our <laughs> Instagram page really kind of kicked that into gear. Yeah, and he troll baited us. And <laughs> yeah, he did, and it totally worked. I feel bad. I don't know if I'd call myself a huge Puppet Master fan in that I have not seen all of them at all. I'm not that, no. But no. I'm excited to watch them and figure out that wacky timeline of... <laughs> <laughs> that the movie story follows, and and to see Puppet Master Littlest Reich this year. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've got a lot of things to look forward to. Hopefully I'll watch more next time and watch less totally vapid garbage. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I, I think we've done some some good work, though. And, uh, yeah, so we'll, uh, we'll see you all next time in our next episode. Mm-hmm. And uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter and the Facebooks. And the Instagrams. Yeah, we will post there again soon. We will be, yes, <laughs> yes. Ask us questions, you know, or we'll ask you some questions. Yeah, you can email us at mybloodyhorrorcast at gmail.com, mm-hmm. and mybloodyhorrorcast is like our handle for everything else. I, or is it? It is. Okay. Yep, yep, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. Well, again, we appreciate y'all listening, and we will see you soon. All right, bye.